0: Billy Graham once said, Pride consists not in wanting to be rich, but in wanting to be richer than your neighbor. It is not in wanting to be noticed, but in wanting to be the most noticed. Listeners, that's how it tends to work. Pride takes our good desires and twists them into idols. When that happens, we'll throw everything out the window to get more of that idol. We'll even throw out our morality, and with it, our dignity. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, and pride is the source of so many sorrows, and yet it seems to be everywhere. It's even in me and you. What's the antidote? What does it take to humble someone? And once they are humbled, what does it take to stay that way? Insights into all of those questions and more in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Gary Reynolds. (laughs)
1: know there'll be more chicks at this party than the last one it better be dude it's a long way to go we could score some cocaine there for sure maybe even buy enough to resell too bad your friend went so far away especially in this rain yeah you better watch out for that curve on the on-ramp it's tricky
2: whoa slow down no man
0: when the accident happened the young man in our story was in college majoring in business minoring in pleasure Like many young people, he felt in control of his life, invincible even. He was determined to get rich at any cost, but he was not at peace. His was almost a split personality, as we'll hear in this classic true story of Gary Reynolds, right now on Unshackled. Being sixth out of seven children
1: may have contributed to my need for attention. We were neither rich nor poor, but I realized as a child that money solved many problems. My beloved grandmother came from Ireland, and always seemed content with her strong religious beliefs, yet having very little. But after seeing a famous gangster movie, I decided that money and power could be had while keeping religious traditions. As a boy, I created my own theology, that God either blessed or punished me based on my performance and I kept track of where I stood before God. My eighth grade year is an example of how that worked.
3: Sign this, Gary.
1: What is
2: it?
3: A petition. Come on, sign.
2: I hate Mary Ellen. (laughs) What's this all about?
3: Just sign. I want her to know we all hate her.
2: Everyone in class has signed it.
3: It's a good cause.
2: All right, I'll put my X on it. (laughs) Wait a minute. I don't want an X. Sign your name. Oh, fine.
3: Why'd you sign it Dan's friend? (laughs) Sign your real name!
1: I knew it was wrong, and I really liked the girl they hated. But I signed the petition because I craved the admiration of others. It was an addiction. I knew God was disappointed in me, and guilt over things like that sent me to church long after my friends quit going. I wanted to be on God's good side too. I thought his love fluctuated like a thermometer going down when I was sinful, and was I ever. I cheated on tests, lied, and spread rumors that weren't true. And all the while I went to church,
2: thinking it would please God. I even worked at appearing humble. Hey Gary, Dad tells me you're playing basketball now. Yep, I made the team. How'd your first game go? We lost, 32 to 31. That's not bad. How'd you do? I scored 16 points. You scored more than half your team's points? Wow! That's great! Recognition and
1: admiration were like drugs that I craved. When we had basketball or baseball tryouts, I would try to get close to God, trying to manipulate him to get what I wanted. In my heart, I was a self-centered pagan, but I kept up appearances, thinking God didn't know any better. My best friend, Jim, who had grown up with me and had attended religious education with me during high school, found my dual behavior hard to understand.
2: You want another beer, Gary? Nah, I gotta get up for church tomorrow morning. Go to the late service. Hey, that's a good idea. All right, I'll have one more. How come you still do that church thing anyway? Nobody else in our crowd does. I don't want to get on the bad side of God. Your (laughs) folks don't make you go, do they? Nah, I feel guilty when I miss a Sunday. Guilty for what? Nobody cares if you go. I care. It's kind of like taking a spiritual bath. I like to feel clean, even if it's only for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you're too much. I'm telling you, things just seem to go better when I go to church. Maybe it offsets my sin.
1: College was a shock. I had worked hard to be part of the in crowd in high school, to be accepted and admired, and suddenly, I was nobody. I desperately wanted more of my drug, admiration. So one night, when we gathered in the dorm for a party, and the first time I was offered marijuana, I accepted. I would have done any drug that night to be accepted. I knew drug use was wrong, and I worried that God would punish me by keeping me from getting into business college, part of my goal for getting rich. On parents' weekend, my brother
2: came with mom and dad for the football game. So, how's school going, Gary? It's a real struggle. Hang in there. It's worth it. Sometimes during an exam, I choke up and it scares me. Ah, happens to everybody. Yeah, but not like this. I've noticed a trend in my life, bro. Whenever something is really important to me, I get extremely anxious about failing. It's normal, Gary. Don't worry about it. But I can't afford to blow a test if I want to get into business college. I mean, I choked so bad this week. I couldn't even think straight. What am I going to do? I knew that stuff, but I couldn't even write it down. I... I'm scared it's okay yeah, gary relax let's just watch the football game
4: okay
1: i did get into business college and chose a major in sales so i could make the most money the quickest i didn't even consider whether or not i'd be happy in sales i'm really glad to
2: hear you got into business college gary i know how much you wanted to i'm gonna work hard and be successful dad oh i'm sure you will You've always been an achiever. You wait and see. I'll be a millionaire someday. Money isn't everything, son. It sure helps. Oh, You hear about those athletes and
1: movie stars who have millions and then they go out and ruin their lives by using and selling
2: cocaine or whatever. Doesn't make sense. I think selling cocaine would be a great way to make good money.
1: Looking back, I can't believe I said that to my father, who had worked hard to teach us right from wrong. I was so self-centered and full of myself that I thought I was teaching him about life and how to win big. By my senior year of college, I was dealing cocaine with my best friend and using the extra cash for a trip to Florida during school break. Thanksgiving weekend, I was home partying with my friends. We drank heavily and then decided to go to another party. It was drizzling and that's when the accident happened. The car jumped median and crashed head-on into another car. You all right? Yeah, we sure didn't need this. Oh. You stay in the car, Gary. John and I'll go talk to the other driver. Oh, God, get us out of this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Oh, please, God. I'll make it up to you, if
3: you'll just help us. Okay, let's go. What happened? Nobody was hurt, so we persuaded the lady who was driving to just let us pay for the damages.
1: Did I thank God for any perceived help? No. We arrived at the second party, where we drank more and used cocaine. Then I noticed some guys picking a fight with my friend John. I could see the fear in his eyes. I felt bad because I had brought him to this party where he didn't know anyone.
3: I'm talking to you, punk! Dude, dude, it wasn't me! I was just. I knew it was you! you. Get Get no, no, no! Dude, come, come on! Get off! Me. Oh, oh me. you
2: guys want to fight? Go outside and I'll take you on. <laughs> Thank
1: you so much. Wow. Can you, Can you believe that? Oh, where's my drink? Here.
3: Yeah.
1: John wasn't doing anything. Where'd they go? Outside. I think I'll go see how tough that guy really is. Hey, watch it, Gary. I'm not gonna let him get away with dissing our
2: friend. Absolutely. Hey, shot! Stay
3: so out done. of this, man. I'm about to get busy on your buddy here. Hey, who do you think you are anyway, you jerk? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he punched me in the face and we fought until I was knocked through the basement window, which ended the fight and the party. I was a mess after brawling in the mud and went upstairs to clean up. I apologized to my friend for messing up his parents' home, but I felt good about standing up for John. Little did I know that more serious repercussions
0: lay in store for us. Folks, we'll get back to Gary's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how your help is vital in Unshackled's mission of spreading the gospel all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we are able to share Unshackled worldwide, So in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there is one where you're listening or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check to Unshackled and mail it to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the classic true story of Gary Reynolds.
1: After Thanksgiving, I went back to college for final exams and returned home two weeks later for Christmas break. My friend Jim lived two doors away, so I walked down to see him. He was outside, stacking firewood. Hey, Jim. Hey. How you doing? Not
3: good. John's dead. What? Wow, what what happened? I don't know. His uh, sister called me this morning
1: and said there was R-Blacks in it. Oh, man. That's too bad. I
3: just hope he didn't do himself in. What? What do you mean? Well, he said some things to me over Thanksgiving weekend, said he didn't care about life anymore.
1: I can't believe he'd do something like that. Doesn't look good, Gary. They found him in the garage. He left the door closed when he started the car. The same one we crashed? Yeah. His dad's car. John's funeral is tomorrow. Are you going? No way.
2: Come on, he was your
1: best friend, Jim. I'm too freaked out to go. I can't believe John did that. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. If you ever get desperate, come talk
3: to me. Gary, don't do something like that. It's not the answer. Don't worry. I won't. When I see him, after I die, I'm gonna punch him right in the face for doing this.
1: We had no idea how wrong our thoughts were. We had the all-dogs-go-to-heaven mentality so i didn't stop to think about my own lost condition as i partied two months before graduation in 1987 i was hired by a company with offices in downtown chicago life was working out just as i had planned and i bragged unmercifully shortly after graduation i went to a party and bought a bunch of cocaine i had used too much we decided to stay overnight but i couldn't sleep my heart was racing and I lay there in fear. Oh God, don't let me die like that athlete.
3: I want to live. Hey, Gary, come on out and do some more coke with us. It's great. Nah, I want to sleep.
2: Oh please God, get me through this and let me live, please.
1: Looking back, it's amazing that I woke up the next day. I forgot my prayer and didn't give a thought to God. I just went on with my arrogant and sinful lifestyle. On the job, I had some quick successes with good commissions. And four months out of college, I bought a sports car and moved into an apartment right across the street from Wrigley Field, where we could watch the games from the roof.
2: A oh, oh, what a great place to live. Oh, man. Yeah. My roommates and I work nights in a bar down the street. No wonder you have so much booze. I have a deal going with a bank that will net me a cool 10,000.
1: I don't have to ask if you still like your job. It's great. The boss and I work out together at lunchtime. Oh, must be nice. Hey, you know what I learned today? The top salesman in the company for the past several years was a woman and she left to become a missionary.
2: Can you believe it? <laughs> what the <laughs> fool? That's what I said. She told everyone that she had been called by God to be a missionary and she was answering the call. <laughs> Real freak. I would never leave the good life for something like that. Come on guys, drink up. I don't want a lot of leftovers.
1: I worked to create an environment for others to envy. The way I played the game was if someone envies you, you win. If you met someone you envied, that was sudden death, you lose. All that mattered was looking good to others. I was still trying to use God for my purposes, going to church on Sunday and praying when I was in trouble. But my Sunday ritual was like a rabbit's foot used to further my self-centered gods of money and success. In spite of my phony facade, I was haunted by an emptiness that I thought would be filled by more money or more friends. Oh, really? This is such a great location, Gary. i love to come up here on the roof and see Chicago at night. Yeah, it's a great view, Jim. Day or night. Must be nice to have everything you want. You'd be surprised. I always thought when I got to this point in my life, I'd be completely happy. You seem happy to me. Well, appearances are deceiving. I have a brand new sports car and a good job with the potential to make lots of money. But I'm not happy. What more do you want? I don't know. There's an emptiness within me that I can't explain. Ah! You're not really unhappy. I know now that no amount of money or success would have filled the void in my life. One Sunday I knelt in church and prayed. God, I just want peace of mind. But I didn't have peace of mind sin in my life clawed at my relationships, even with my best friends. Finally, I moved to the suburbs after four years of living in that place. And about that time, I met Michelle.
3: Do you regret moving to the suburbs,
0: Gary?
1: No, it's closer to work, besides, I want it out of that endless cycle of parties.
0: It does seem pointless.
1: Yeah, and the recession has hit the company hard. They're going through bankruptcy right now.
0: Does that affect you?
1: Business is pretty bad. Sales are down and so are my commissions. It's frustrating. I'll bet. I expected to be rich by now, but guess that dream is on hold. My boss and I became close, talking about life when we worked out at lunchtime. And after work, we often had long theological discussions. We were both spiritual pilgrims. He had begun playing guitar in his church
4: band. He knew about my frustrations. Don't feel bad about your finances, Gary. In this business, you're gonna have dry spells. (sighs) It's frustrating, Pat. Maybe I got on the bad side of God. (laughs) I don't think there is a bad side of God. What do you mean? Maybe you don't really know God. You kidding? I grew up in church. I don't know what you did. So die. But maybe he's looking for something more than Sunday rituals. I'd like to know what. I think he wants a real relationship with us. You ever read the Bible? Nah, don't have time. I think that's where we're losing out, Gary. Another guy and I are going to start going to a Bible study on Wednesday at lunchtime. We don't work out that day anyway. Care to join us? Who's the other guy? He's the vice president of sales with a software company in town. Let me think about it. In the meantime, don't worry about the future. It's in God's hands. When I got back from seeing the bankruptcy lawyer, I acknowledged this business was God's to do with as he pleases.
1: I joined the Bible study for selfish reasons, to make contact with affluent clients. But the people I met there had a peace about them, an unhurried, unworried way that I longed for in my own life. And what I heard in that first session contradicted everything I
3: thought I knew about God. Think about what Jesus said. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, yet God feeds them. And you are more valuable than birds. What's the faith lesson? Trust in the Lord. Amen. Stop struggling to get ahead and let God work out His plan for your life, which begins how?
4: when you put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation.
3: Now, there's a place where people struggle, thinking their good works will somehow give them an edge with God. But what's the real truth? What does the Bible tell us?
4: Good works don't matter. We
3: can't earn our way. I don't know. That's why I'm here.
4: Um, What about this? Uh, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9.
3: We are saved by grace through faith, and both are gifts from God. Even the faith to believe comes from Him. So, what's the point of struggling? You mean our hard work is for nothing? Hard work will get you the things of this world, but not the things of God. In fact, the Bible says, the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Look at verse 29 and 30 of Luke chapter 12. Jesus says, Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. What does Jesus say we should seek? read verse 31 pat
4: but rather seek ye the kingdom of god and all these things shall be added unto you i felt as though i'd been clenching
1: my fist for 10 years and suddenly i was able to let go and relax i wanted more here was a high with no hangover and i attended for several months I was still hanging out with my college buddies, and after a rowdy weekend I felt like a hypocrite for going to Bible study. So I told the boss to go without me. Later, he came by. Why didn't you come,
4: Gary? I don't belong in a Bible study. Guess you let Satan win the battle today.
1: What are you talking about?
4: The idea that you're not good enough to fellowship with Christians is a lie from the devil, and you fell for it. Don't you realize that Jesus hung out with sinners when he walked on earth? He didn't come to save righteous people. He came to save those who would acknowledge their sinfulness.
1: I certainly qualify.
4: We all do. You are correct in despising the double life you're living. But the answer is not to ditch the Bible study. If you have to choose, then choose to follow Jesus.
3: This is Gary. Hey, Gary. Do I have a deal for you? My company's hosting a party at a local bar. Everything's free, and I mean everything. How soon can you get away from that desk?
1: I can't go, dude. I'm going to a Bible study tonight. A Bible study? There's nothing like it. Reading the Bible and being with people who love the Lord is awesome. I'm learning so much.
3: I always knew
0: this would happen to you. You took that high-pressured sales job and I knew you'd have a nervous breakdown. Like the
1: saleswoman who became a missionary, I had become a fool for Christ, and I never looked back. I studied the Bible every day and broke up with Michelle during this period of my Christian growth. But she demonstrated her love for me by waiting, and we got back together in May 1992.
0: You are truly different, Gary. How so? More relaxed. You used to be pretty tense.
1: (laughs) Don't I know? I had a monkey on my back to succeed. And God gave it the boot.
0: Right along with the alcohol and drugs.
1: And cursing. One day at work, I used the Lord's name in vain without even realizing it. And a brother in Christ asked me if I was praying. Ouch! I was so convicted, and I immediately asked the Lord to forgive me. I have so much to learn. But the greatest freedom of all came when I realized God's grace and love for me. I couldn't earn my salvation. Jesus did that for me on the cross. michelle and i were married and have three sons for over 20 years now i've served at koinonia house ministries and have mentored men after their prison release i've seen miracle after miracle and feel so alive in my faith assured of the goodness of god and the freedom that he offers us i'm sharing my testimony now to warn others who may think that sitting in church hearing the word of god is enough to get them into heaven it isn't You must believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and then acknowledge him as the Lord of your life.
0: The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That means you, listening friend. You can have the peace and freedom that Gary found in Jesus Christ. But you must repent and believe in Jesus as Lord. If you need help in making this life-changing decision for Christ, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions, and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org, or you can leave us a message at 312-281-1264. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Keep an ear out because the winner of our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast will be announced next week, right here on the podcast. We're excited to send out this beautiful First Thessalonians 5, 2, and 6 scripture plaque to our special winner. And next time... Good evening. I'm connected with the audio program Unshackled, and I... Oh, yeah? Hey, step inside, man. It's wintertime out there. Oh, thanks. So what's the gimmick? What do you want me to do? Grab your hat and coat and take a little trip with me. Down through the loop, right into some of Chicago's most dubious areas. Brother, the loop will be a madhouse tonight. That's part of the reason we're going to do it, Joe. You and I are going to make a trail right through that Christmas mad loop down into the middle of Chicago's roughest areas and have a look into the heart of things as they really are. There
3: ain't no Merry Christmas. You can lose the Merry Christmas stuff, huh?
4: For five years he's been like this and I can't stand
2: anymore. I think I'll kill you for Christmas.
0: Honey, get into the car.
2: I'm not your honey. Your what's your honey?
0: What do you say to someone like that? The baby Jesus came to earth to save sinners by saving them from themselves. Don't miss this classic story on the next Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Gary Reynolds were Brian Plaharchik, Ed DiZalo, Jennifer Dimmitt, Michael Walner, John Green, and Jacob Wilcoxon. Original music, Caleb Tollison. Sound effects, Michael Walner. Sound assistant, Jacob Wilcoxon. Audio engineer David Pierczynski. Script, Kenitha Gabler, and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.